and welcome to All Our Pretty Songs. A 90s rock podcast. I'm Seth. I'm Marissa. Hello, how's it going? It's going well. Thank uh, you. <laughs> um, today we are very excited to be discussing the one and only Tori Amos. And here to help us do that, we have a very special guest. Uh, we are so thrilled to have Megan Milks here on the pod. Hi, Megan. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Oh, we're so I'm excited honored. to have you. Um, Megan is an amazing writer and editor and literary and cultural critic. Um, they are the author of a bunch of incredible books, um, including Margaret and the Mystery of the Missing Body. Amazing. And they're also the co-editor with me of uh, yes. We Are the Babysitter's Club. Um, so Megan and I have done a lot of thinking and talking about uh, the Babysitter's Club over the last uh, couple years, which was a really fun pandemic activity. <laughs> um, I can't believe I get to be here with both of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. But um, most importantly for this particular podcast, Megan's most recent book is um, part of Instar Books' Remember the Internet series, and it is called Tori Amos Bootleg Web Ring, and it is incredible. <laughs> How's it going, Megan? Hi, uh, thank you so much. Um, it's going well. Yeah, I know that title is a bit of a, it's a bit hard to say. I always have to like really think about it before I say it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't think it would be so hard. To, I guess I don't say it out loud that often, but it should roll off the tongue. It's a, it's a great <laughs> title. It's a, a great concept. Um, I read the whole thing last night in one sitting. <laughs> it's really amazing. Um, so we're so excited to have you on the pod to discuss Tori um, as a as a bona fide Tori file um, and expert, <laughs> <laughs> are you the, uh, comfortable with that title? <laughs> I imagine uh, sometimes. Sometimes there are so many more. There are so many um, uh, better Tori files than me. I would say that I'm a former Tori file. Really, mm. um, you know, I haven't. I haven't super kept up with the discourse around her music in the past maybe 10, 15 years almost. So okay, yeah, very much 90s um, Tori is, is my jam. I hear you. Yeah, for me, it's like, I feel like Tori stopped making music in like 1999. <sighs> like I kind of didn't keep up, but I'm still like quite intimidated by your like encyclopedic Tori knowledge. Like. <laughs> also, it seems kind of perfect because we're totally living in the past on this podcast anyway. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I guess like we usually start out our conversations by talking a little bit about like what our relationships, what our relationship was like uh, with the artists we're discussing uh, when we were kids back in the nineties. Um, so, I don't know, Seth, I don't know if you want to, if you want to jump in quickly. Like, I don't know. I don't think you had well, as much of a Tory relationship. Tell us about it. <laughs> not much of a Tory relationship <laughs> in the 90s, no. And and really not until, although I think my sister, I talked about this recently with like the, when we did, when we talked about Alanis, but there were like things that my sister was listening to that I started getting into. Um, and Tory was kind of in that world, I think. I think Molly was listening to a bunch of that. But um no, it wasn't until college. I forget, like, when we were all, like, downloading music freshman year of college, right. somehow silent all these years came across my radar and 
I was like very into that song then. Amazing. But that's about it. Yeah. Uh, it's been a good week. Yeah, I know. I was so excited for you to um <laughs> to be more familiarized with the Tory Cannon. It's really important. It's been good. Um yeah, like I um I definitely was like extremely into Tori, especially like her first two albums, I would say. Um she was like quite a revelation for me. Um <laughs> so Megan, I, I just like loved reading your book. Tell us a little bit about your Tori, uh, your relationship with Tori in the nineties, like how you got into her music and about mm-hmm. like why kind of like what made you want to write this book and what it's about? Yeah. So I got into Tori through my friend Maureen, who um who introduced me. We had yeah, we just had this like school bus moment where Maureen um, you know, placed her headphones over my ears and wow. was like, You need to hear this song. <sighs> And played Pretty Good Year, which... Uh, Amazing. You know, no spoilers, but we're about yeah. to talk about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it was just like, yeah, I loved your the way you said that, Marissa. It was really a revelation. I, was, I had never heard anything like mm-hmm. it. Um, and I had heard Tori on the radio before. You know, I had heard God, and uh, hmm. I think I had heard Silent all these years. But for some reason, um, it didn't seem like... It seemed like adult music or something. But then when Maureen introduced it to me, it sort of like made it available to me in this new way. And um, yeah, and it was my first, I think I I asked for the CD for Christmas. (laughs) It was my first CD along with White Zombie. I got them both together. Amazing. Those were my first two CDs. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, which one? Sorry. Uh, Under the Pink? Uh, Oh, yes. Under the Pink. Yeah. So this was, this must have been... I think it was 1995 when I got that album. So it was Mm -hmm. maybe a year after it had been released. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, for me, um, my relationship to Tori is so much about my, my friendships. Yeah. Like I became really good friends with, um, uh, my friend Chris, who shows up a lot in the book and we kind of explored, we explored the Tori fan community together. (laughs) And so it was like really through the, fan community that like all of these other layers of well it was like my first experience of fandom really um and uh i didn't know that you could go that deep into an artist (laughs) but there we were doing it and it was so exciting to like have that community um and that bonding and that feeling of belonging yeah so that's really what i'm trying to capture in the book yeah that kind of early online fandom and for you that was like around 95 96 or so yeah i think um i met Chris, I think in 96, in the fall of 96, and we started going deep in, um, no, you know, I think we met in 97, actually. Yeah, so 97, 98, when um, From the Choir Girl uh, Hotel came out in 98, and there was that um, preview tour, and Hmm. um, there was, like, a lot of fan community building around that tour um, regionally in the regional listserv that we were a part of, and that was really when, like, I got like super involved in the, in the fan community. That's such a great moment of history. Like um, the late nineties for that. I remember like at the dawn of the internet feeling like, like going online to look for like counting crows lyrics or, and stuff like um, all of those like sites where you could buy like bootlegs and stuff. What yeah. I, I just love that like late nineties moment. 
Mm-hmm. Why did yeah, I, like the totally internet was growing this. so much. As, did you say? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just totally missed it. Like, I feel like I like didn't mm-hmm. really have the internet in high school. I guess oh. like I didn't like. Um, I feel like I didn't really like use the internet until college. But like, I was. It's so fascinating learning about like the whole like the blo- the um what is it called the web ring like. It's like, so basically it's like you guys just like would like trade bootlegs through this like incredible (laughs) online community. And yeah, it's just like, I didn't know about all of that. It's amazing. I I missed the internet in the the late 90s, (laughs) apparently. Yeah, I think web rings were only popular for maybe like a year or two before they, before search engine capabilities really improved. You know, but that was like a way for people to find each other before, um, before search engines became smarter. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, did you like? Did you see Tori a bunch in the nineties? I didn't. I've seen Tori maybe I think five times in my life. So not a lot. You know, her her shows are pretty expensive. Is is one thing, mm. and um, and yeah, I was in high school. I couldn't really travel <laughs> to to you know, many shows. So I know that lots of, lots of people who were my age were doing that. They were touring with, you know, they were following the tour somehow. I don't know how, but, um, but yeah, like, but I followed her through collecting bootlegs, you know, and just like experiencing her shows that way, which was kind of enough for me. I mean, I love her shows. Don't get me wrong, but, um, but yeah, I just didn't have that many opportunities to see her live. Did you, have you ever seen her live? (sighs) Okay. So, (laughs) I feel like I had like, all right. I remember like junior year of high school, like I was supposed to go and it was like some like something, some like mom situation, like something happened where I like couldn't go. And I was like, so sad. So I missed that opportunity. And then I was, I was invited to go like two years ago um, or whatever. And I like also was like sick and couldn't go. But I did, um, I did meet Tori. Um, what? <laughs> Whoa, what? <laughs> well, well, you met Tori too, right, Megan? I did, yeah, as part of like the meet and greets. It wasn't a very special thing. I mean, it was special to me, but yeah, you know, it was totally. just like a brief moment. Amazing. <laughs> Do you want to tell us about it before I share my meet and greet? <laughs> oh, I don't, yeah, I don't have any, anything. I was just very tongue-tied and, yeah. you know. Uh, I'm embarrassed for myself. Yeah. What was your experience like? Well, basically, like, I, like, a friend of mine um, was coming to New York, uh, I think it was, like, 2018 or something, maybe, I don't know. Um, But she was, like, I was just, like, at work on, like, a Wednesday. And she was, like, hey, like, I'm going to this, like, press event tonight. She, like, came to New York to, like, interview Tori mm. and um and she was like I'm going to this press event tonight like do you want to come is my like plus one and I was like yes and then like lo and behold like hours later I'm just like meeting Tori <laughs> <laughs> wait, I, I think I went to that event wait, it was really? like a it was like a, at a theater or something I was like in Chelsea Oh, okay. No, that was a different thing. It was like a small like press event. I don't even it was okay. like the most like serendipitously wonderful experience in my life because then I got to like meet Tori and like have my photo taken with her and I like was amongst like you know like journalists who were playing it cool and I was like I will not be playing it cool 
I can't. Like, of course I can't. But anyway. Can, Marissa, can I ask you a follow-up question <laughs> about your high school story? Like, what Please. the um, what is what did the um, the mom thing like? Was it <laughs> was your was it a situation where you didn't want to go because someone's mom was like going, oh, or was no. it like your mom wasn't letting you go, or was no. it the latter? Oh, okay. The latter. Okay. <laughs> just curious. I just... Or like someone's mom couldn't drive. I guess you're old. I don't know. I don't remember, but it was yeah. Parents just, just don't understand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Megan, so what has was it like a torturous experience to pick your top three Tory songs this week? You know, I could have let it be that, but (laughs) (laughs) I just decided to kind of like, you know, just pick them. I gave myself a limited amount of time. Okay. Yeah. I admire And I do have regrets. I do have regrets. (laughs) I'm like, you know, there was, why didn't I go with uh, Precious Things? You know, what about putting the damage on? You know, Mm -hmm. there's like so many good good song it's torture it's really it's not a good thing to do um i although can i i was thinking this week um about the problem of picking songs like marissa you were you were sort of going through it this week i think i believe i texted you that it was an act of violence to pick (laughs) well so the violence thing actually got me thinking quite a bit and i was thinking about I was like comparing it to what it felt like to choose like three songs by like collective soul, for example, oh, right. and how like sometimes the choosing songs is this like really evaluative thing where I feel like I'm, I'm like above the band kind of like looking down, deciding what their best work is. And then sometimes it's like, I'm, I'm underneath and I'm like looking up, learning about who I am, like, Ooh. you know, and like, anyway, choosing, listening to a bunch of Tori Amos this week and like thinking about, it felt like I was choosing songs like that, that my choices were teaching me something about me instead of me evaluating the choices. And I, that made me think about the violence thing you were talking about. <laughs> I like that. I yeah. wrote an exercise in self-doubt that Tori would never have wanted for us. <laughs> yeah i mean i feel like like megan you were when i asked you to come on the podcast you were like like shocked we hadn't gotten to tour yet because like it's a it's a 90s rock podcast but i feel like we i don't know like we Mm. gravitate toward like stupid bands i don't know how to describe it (laughs) like it's like i feel like we we enjoy looking at like bands that like you wouldn't have even thought about since like 1994 Mm. and you're like really like so Tori is such a different category. So it was just so hard. It can, yeah. It can never be forgotten that the origin of this podcast is us making fun of the lyrics to Cumbersome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like true. the or like uh, w- w- the thing that brings us joy is this like utter stupidity or something and like <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, anyway. <sighs> anyway, um well, should we should we get into our songs? Yeah, I think we should. Okay, let's do it. Um, So wait, do I do my number three? Yeah, you're going to go first. Okay. So uh, I chose for my number three, and again, like for for our listeners, I'm a total Tory neophyte here, Um, but I chose Tear in Your Hand. With that tear in your hand 
That's my number three. And we should also mention yeah. that this wow. was actually my number one song. Oh God. Yeah, oh. that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And like We should have I mean, really let you introduce the song. No, it's okay. It's fine. <laughs> well, like something that is funny to mention is that like I've been like a lifelong Tory fan and Seth mm. like basically just listened to Tory for the first time this week and we landed like almost at the same place with our top three. <laughs> that picks, is remarkable. <laughs> which is like really something. Which we don't do all that often. Right. Yeah. Um I mean, I guess like, I don't know where to begin with the song, but mm. yeah, it's kind of like my personal tried and true favorite Tory song. Um, I did agonize a bit. Like I couldn't tell if this is like a basic pick. I feel like I was intimidated thinking about you, Megan. I was like, Megan, <laughs> <laughs> Megan's like not showing up with any basic picks. Um, but, <laughs> I, but yeah, like the song is just so good. Um, Seth, do you want to do you want to say why you chose? Well, that I guy? expressed a lot of concern about being basic myself without even, and, and I don't, I haven't even met Megan yet, really. So, I mean, I don't think it's it's Megan's fault you felt intimidated. Um, but no, this song, like, um, there were a lot of things. Mostly, it's like the way it sounds. There's like a kind of. I realized later that the songs I picked all have like a similar kind of feeling to them in some way that I. You, Marissa, you'll be better at describing this than me because I think you've been like working on t like this this week a little bit with like types of Tory songs, kind of. Oh, true. But like, um, it was the Charles Manson lyric, actually. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, right. Like, I don't believe uh, you're leaving because me and Charles Manson like the same like the ice same cream. ice cream. Yeah, and like, I don't know. I just started thinking. It made me think about how good she is at like specificity in lyrics um hmm. and that totally. specificity is like really inviting even when i don't know what like what her reference is exactly so yeah i found myself yeah. thinking about that a lot yeah well okay megan do you have thoughts on this song <laughs> well i love it too i'm so glad that it um popped up on both of your lists it's really it's like such a jubilant breakup song. Yeah. It's like yes. really, it just, you know, yeah, yeah it's like it. full of resilience and just like grace and, and, uh, and, uh, I think there's this thing where like, I don't even know. It's like the songs seem, they, they, they give me this feeling in my heart. Like I'm listening to a breakup song before I even know it's a breakup song or like mm. that. I'm, I'm <laughs> like the, uh, before the clarity of the experience is revealed to me, I like understand what kind of experience I'm having. And that feeling mm. is amazing. Yeah, no, that's such a great point that it's like a ju yeah, a jubilant breakup song. Like I think I wrote down it's like a breakup song that also is like filled with hope. Like it's like mm, caught yeah. a ride with the moon. Like what is mm. a better way to like leave a relationship? Like um but yeah, like this song wow. is like um all right, I just need to talk about a mem. Like basically <laughs> like this song to me just like it's like I feel like this song like captures like a memory like more viscerally than like any other song I can think of in my life. Like it sounds like springtime to me and it reminds me of like this time in high school and like me and my friends were like 
we like discovered this creek behind my high school and we would call it the river and we would like go there and hang out and, and like, but it didn't feel like we were like hanging out in nature, even though that is what we were doing. Mm -hmm. And like, I feel like it was like, yeah, I had kind of like broken up with someone, but I had like these cool new friends and I was wearing this like confetti nail polish and like I was like listening to the song. It just like feels like this like, yeah, it's just like such a like beautiful like springtime hope vibe. Yeah, even though the, like some of the lyrics are really dark, like mm. I am the black of the blackest ocean, yes. for example. Um, but yet it's like delivered with such like promise or something or just like acceptance, maybe. It's yeah. so true. And yeah, like it is like the concept of like... um like the part where she's like, maybe she's just pieces of me. Oh, mm. There are pieces of me you've never seen. Maybe she's just pieces of me you've never seen is mm. like the most heartbreakingly perfect, like capturing of like how that feels like to break up with someone or like they meet someone else or whatever. But, um, but yeah, it's like somehow, somehow there's also like that feeling of like hope or something. It's amazing. When like the, the the like utter clarity of something like clarity is the wrong word, but like I, I'm just thinking about a lyric like it. I think it's that girl versus what comes next, which is like, and I think there are pieces of me like um, a really simple thought that isn't clear, followed by a really complicated thought that is somehow clear. Um, that feel that like that feels really profound. I also just really like Neil says hi, by the way, yeah. you know, it's just very much like, yeah, we're, you know, we're, yeah, <laughs> it's like so casual I know. <laughs> as it's delivering this oh God, really deep message. Neil says hi is so good. And this is referencing Neil Gaiman, by the yeah. way. Okay, oh, that's he's a, good friend, Neil Gaiman. That's what I was going to ask. Of course. <laughs> yeah. I was, um, I was rereading like, um, <laughs> Excuse me. Do you remember like a few years ago, Gina um, Abelkop did like this piece about looking back at um, at Boys for Paley? And it was like, I think, Megan, you wrote something for it. And um, yeah. And um, our friend Keelan Madden also wrote something. And I was just, like laughing reading uh, what Keelan wrote because she said like something about how Tori and Neil Gaiman's relationship was like, it was like f- the it was like for the worst for both of them in terms of their art. Cause it was like too precious. They would like reference each other in like these precious ways. <laughs> like it's like, she would like reference him and like, he would like talk about how like delirium was like based on Tori Amos, like in Sandman <laughs> comics and like, it's just like a little too precious, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I also just like, yeah, like it's like my, my best friend uh, at the time was like, uh, our, our friend Dave was like also yeah. like very into Neil Gaiman and like so it just felt like you know like cool like I have a friend like that too or something like. <laughs> <laughs> oh man I love that uh, anyway amazing <laughs> um, yeah any other any other tear in your hand thoughts before we move on let's keep going okay so Megan your your number three pick Oh yes, <laughs> Cotolite sneeze. Cotolite sneeze. Dreamed a little dream. Made my own pretty hate machine. Ooh, 
Cotylite Sneeze. Such a classic. And yeah, it's such a weird song. Mm-hmm. It's like kind of, ex- I mean, it's extraordinary that any of Tori's songs were like, it's on the radio, but there have been so many radio hits. And this is one of them that I've yeah. always been just sort of like, it is wild that this very churchy, weird song, um, harpsichord, like lots of, like a very long instrumental intro, um, weird lyrics like what is this song about what is a light sneeze Mm. you know there's so much debate about what the light sneeze is oh um let us in on the debate (laughs) well um maybe it's been uh maybe it has achieved consensus but uh i remember there being a lot of debate about whether what whether the light sneeze referred to like ejaculation um (laughs) And uh, I, you know, I was a very, like, anti-sex teen, let mm-hmm. me say. Um, and I just, like, could not accept that that was, like, what the lyric <laughs> referred to. I agree with you. Um, yeah. As a grown man, I think it's about catching a cold. <laughs> <laughs> it's like lightning seed. I'm scandalized oh, by right. this. No. <laughs> well, it's also L-I-T-E, right? Caught a light True. sneeze, which is so cool. Uh-huh. It's like diet or something. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I was listening to, um, there's this great podcast, uh, Drive All Night, The Songs of Tori Amos, where they have like two hour plus long episodes on every song. Oh my so God. I was like trying to remind myself, um, you know. I was like dipping into that episode and there's an excerpt from an interview with Tori where she's talking about um, men and how some men are light sneezes and some men are flus. And what she really wants is the flu, not this like minor sneeze. Oh my God. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) So that like, that that, like sickness, love is sickness. It's like, it's like catching a disease. Yeah. Yeah. That's That's why she needs help from the girl's own. Wow, wow. To get to get removed from the contagion. Oh, I need man. a I need a big loan from the girl zone. Yeah, like one of Tori's most anthemic lines, kind of. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I love that. Um yeah, I always like I feel like this song is like such it's so good, but it's all, always been like such an enigma to me. Like it's like it sounds mm-hmm. like amazing. It's like the beat yeah. is like so good. It's like yeah. kind of sexy. As like a song, yeah. like I don't know, but like you, exactly. it's mystical. Yes, it's, yeah, it's all the things. But like, I never could like totally feel like I was like wrapping my head around it. I guess like didn't know our love was so small was like one of the lines I could like just wrap my like head around, just because it seemed kind of mm. like down to earth. But like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I guess like all of a lot of the songs on like boys for paley i just always felt kind of like mm. oh my god like i can't even wrap my head around it's <laughs> like what is happening mm-hmm. hmm. the fire is-, is hurting my cells what does she say the fi- she doesn't say that that's what i always thought she was saying she says like the spire is something <laughs> the spire is hot and my cells can't feed whoa i always yeah. thought she was saying this fire is hurting my self esteem <laughs> that's wow. a really good mishearing <laughs> i hope you saved that line for yourself <laughs> is um is pretty hate machine what i think it is 
Yeah. A okay. reference to Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Yes, Trent Reznor guested on... Um, Past the mission, right? Yeah, on Under the Pink. Amazing. Yeah, they were also friends. She was friends with Trent and also Maynard James Keenan. Huh. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, we were like, well, we were talking about doing a Tool episode and then we kind of like put it on pause because we like were like grossed out by Maynard as a person but um but like yes I was like a big tool fan in high school and like definitely like so I was thinking I mean I don't know when to bring up this like rubric of um of Tory types that I Mm. kind of was like thinking about but like one of them was like kind of like cool girl slash like one of the guys Tory (laughs) which like I feel like comes up like it's like I always like it's weird because it's like um, with this song, it's like the shout out to like Nine Inch Nails. You're kind of like, you know, she kind of like thinks she's cool. <laughs> <laughs> or like it felt like I feel like when I was in high school, I was friends with a lot of like boys who like would only listen to like metal and like industrial music and like look down on Tori. But then like when she did that performance with Maynard, they would like deign to pay attention to her. And it's like, um, I feel like in high school, I felt like sort of like validated by her shouting out these like metal, like men. But like Mm. now when I look at it, I'm like, I don't know. Maybe it's more. Maybe it's more about like my feelings about myself than about Tori. Mm. No, I think you're onto something though, because I mean, even when um, she was very resistant to being compared to other women mm. um, as musicians, too. I mean, which makes sense because you know it's annoying that like right, women it's like only ghettoizing get or something. Them. Yeah. So right, and she especially did not like being yeah. um, compared to Kate Bush, mm. you know, as like the only influence or precedent. Um, but she would then like name drop, you know, uh, Leonard Skinner. Wait, is that right? Hmm. Not Leonard Skinner. The Eagles? Maybe the Eagles. Oh, there was an Eagles line in one of the songs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but wait, not the Rolling Stones. Gosh, I can't remember. Hmm. Led Zeppelin. Uh, yeah, okay. Led Zeppelin is like a huge influence for her. Uh, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of male musicians, a lot of, you know, I don't know. Yeah, that was something that always, like, stuck with me. It's like, mm. what, you know, why can't she just, like, mm. honor other women, too, while, you know. I wonder, like, she had that, like, classical music background, right? Like, and I mm. wonder I wonder if being, like, coming from this, like, really traditional background may, makes that a harder thing to do or something or mm. or or puts you in a position where your habit would be a certain kind of reference. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. That's interesting though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, sh- I don't know if I should mention this, but I, it brings up like professional widow for me, which like to me, like that mm. song always had like the, like, is it as our um, resident Tory expert, Megan, like, is it about Courtney love? Do we know? Um, I, I am agnostic on okay. that. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> I hope it's not. I hope so. I mean, too I never wanted it to be about yeah. Courtney Love. Nobody, nobody it just seems could. like th- it really shuts down all of the possibilities of the song. If yeah. it's about Courtney Love, but I don't know. Okay. I love that song. That it's song really, was basically amazing. my number four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought about putting it. Yeah. I wasn't sure how to talk about it, but, but it's yeah. a great song. 
I told Marissa that part of why I like that song is because it sounds like the Nintendo game Wizards and Warriors. I don't know if anyone's <laughs> familiar with that game, but unfortunately, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> oh my god! Um, I was thinking about in um, in uh, Caudalite Sneeze, like how she says girl like I need a big loan from the girl so, like the girl zone like I think you talk about Megan in one of your books like how she says the word girl which I loved like oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> like I think you're talking about how it's like she says it so she says it in this weird way where it's like it opens up almost like the, the gender landscape of the word girl <laughs> yeah sometimes it sounds like gull yeah. or gill it's like something about the RL gets like distorted or something in yeah. her enunciation. Oh, um. <laughs> oh so man. Good. Wait, I love that idea that distorting the word might be distorting the idea of the word as well. That's really exciting. <laughs> yeah. There's so many productive misreadings of, of yeah. Tori songs. <laughs> <gasps> oh my God. Um, okay. Should we, should we move on? Sure. Um, oh, okay. So my number three, believe it or not, is Icicle. He's in my pumpkin PJs, layable on my chest. Feel the word, 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 feel it. I could have, I should Oh, I believe it. Oh, just like I say that only because I was just so so tortured this week. Um, really couldn't <laughs> couldn't catch a break. Um, <laughs> had a hard time making this decision, but like I kind of like you know. Um, so I made this rubric, and I wanted to like try to sort of make sure I was touching on different types of Tory songs or like Tory moods. Um, I'll just read the rubric very quickly and we can, we can add to it. Weird Tory, which Seth, you didn't like. <laughs> Ernest. Well, well, hold on, hold on. I feel like I need to just say that I, I just thought weird seemed like less descriptive than the rest of your descriptions. You're right. It's yeah. fair. Yeah. Weird wait, Tory. What, oh, sorry. What would be included in weird Tory? Oh, just like, um, when I, my, my example that I gave to Seth was like, if I lose my Cracker Jacks in the tidal wave, I've got a place in the Pope's rubber robe. Like that's from Muhammad, my friend. It's just like when she says <laughs> oh, yeah. like the weirdest of weird shit, mm-hmm. but okay. it's more, it's not a great word to describe it. Maybe I mean mm-hmm. like imagistic or like Seth suggested language Tory. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was just other... being an asshole though. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So the other ones I had were like Ernest Tory, Epic Tory, Storybook Tory, Blasphemy Tory, Man Hater Tory, Cool Girl, one of the guys Tory, which I already mentioned, mm. Dance Party Tory, Cindy Sherman Tory. This is a very incomplete <laughs> list, but that's all I have. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, like she, yeah, she has so many Tories, so it's it's no <laughs> surprise that she's had albums where she's becomes all these other people oh my god totally she uses personas yeah 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 i never like 
I never got into um, Strange Little Girls. I always like wanted to, but I just like, it was like, you know, I feel like now it's like you have no excuse for not listening to something because you can just like listen to it online. But then I was like, somehow couldn't, couldn't bring myself to go to the store and purchase it. I don't know. <laughs> that makes sense. You know, it's, it's one of her more minor albums, I think. I mean, there's some good stuff on it, but it's like a covers album. Mm-hmm. She was uh, making it to fulfill her out her record contract. Oh so, right, yeah. Oh right. Interesting. Um, okay, but so like icicle. I feel like I wanted to address like you know just kind of like the like softer Tory, like the um the like sort of blasphemous Tory, like something to like mm. somehow honor like how epic like under the pink was for me, like in middle school, like just like listening to these, like all of the whole album, but especially like these like quiet, soft, like ethereal, like huge songs like icicle and like cloud on my tongue and yes, Anastasia. And then like, I mean, this song um, I wrote down, it's the anthem to jerking off in your room on Easter (laughs) that we all needed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wait i love so much something you used the word um like quiet and a couple other words but then you were like huge and i think it's so interesting that those go together in in, in tori like um yeah. you know yeah that seems to be a feature of a lot of the songs specific, specifically on under the pink yeah. i mean there's that moment in pretty good year which we'll get to where just the song just like rages but like just for like that bridge right um and this too like when it gets to the field of work it it like achieves an intensity that you're not really prepared for i mean you are at the time but the opening to the song is so is quiet as you said Mm -hmm. yeah and it like sat like it's like it's like a it's called icicle and it like kind of sounds like tiptoeing around on ice or something Mm -hmm. like it's like it's just like yeah, and then, like, I don't know, like, the opening lines are, like, icicle, icicle, where are you going? I have a hiding place when spring marches in. Will you keep watch for me? I hear them calling. So it's, like, this, like, it's, like, the mm. icicle and you are, like, looking out for each other in this, like, scary fate. I don't know. It's just really, like, creepy and cool and weird. Yeah. What do you, what, um... Well, okay, so Megan, you brought up Yes, Anastasia, and I feel like we should, like, talk. You said it was, like, a hard, like, third or fourth pick for you. So maybe we should touch on that a little bit here, too. Because for me, those songs are, like, kind of connected. Hmm. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, they definitely are in terms of the song structure. I mean, Yes, Anastasia is such an elaborate song structure, Mm. and there's, like, you know a string arrangement that, and there's like these swells. <laughs> oh my God. It's, <laughs> it's epic. It's so epic. epic. It's epic Tori. Um, yeah, but that, and that song is, um, is more, I think, interested in, uh, uh, like these like female, female, these like complex female, female, um, uh, relationships, um, that under the pink, there, there's so much of that on under the pink um whereas the icicle seems more about uh 
this like private experience with an icicle. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Yes. No. But yeah, I think both of them, you just like really can appreciate her composition, you know, skills. Like she's just such a, a a singular uh, composer. Yeah. You know, on the piano. Oh yeah. Well, I guess like, I I feel like yes, Anastasia is like, I feel like when Tori starts like referencing things, outside of like the world like the general world i like start getting like overwhelmed <laughs> it's like isn't yes anastasia <laughs> about like um i forget what it's about but it's like about something <laughs> yeah so the story behind yes anastasia is that tori was rehearsing for a show and felt inhabited by the spirit of maybe not inhabited but was approached by the spirit of Anastasia Romanoff. Whoa. Um, uh, and uh, the, the daughter of Tsar Nicholas II. Yeah. I've got some notes here. Incredible. <laughs> uh, who was executed with her family. Uh, but then there was that like impersonator uh, in the US, Anna Anderson, which was like... Wow. Huh. Um, and I remember, yeah, like around the time that Tori was probably composing this. There were a number of TV specials about this Anna Anderson impersonator who had died, you know, like in 84 huh. or maybe that timeline is not exactly correct. Uh, Cause probably those TV specials were like more late eighties and not early. 80s, so huh. never mind. But yeah, <laughs> I, I remember there was like a lot of talk about it. I remember yeah. that as a kid. Huh. Uh, yeah, like it's like I don't know. Yeah, no, that's like so amazing. It is like so ambitious. And then I feel <laughs> like I don't know. I guess I feel like I landed on icicle just because it's like it just feel it always felt like so immediate to me. Like um <clears throat> I don't know. Yeah, like just like this like weird ode to like n- like nerd girl sexuality or something. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, and like, um, and like the relationship with religion that you have when you're young, maybe like, oh yeah, yeah, that's like the, the blasphemy part. I wanted to make sure I touched on. Yeah, like, yes. the, and so when important. they say "take of his body," that line is like so good. Oh yeah, and, and when mm. they say "take of his body," I think I'll take of mine instead. Yeah, amazing. Mm. <laughs> yeah, like I, I feel like yeah, and then it's like in um. <clears throat> and yes, Anastasia, she says, like, if you know me so well, then tell me which hand I use, which like, for me, I was so scandalized in seventh grade and like shout out to this like um, this person who was a senior when I was in a senior in my sister's yearbook. She was in high school. I was in middle school. This woman's name was Mary McNally, if you're listening. She doesn't know who I am. But to me, she was like a celebrity. And that was her senior quote in the yearbook. Like, how cool is that? Wait, her quote was what? If you know me me so well, then tell me which hand I use. So good. Holy shit. Oh, my God. That's an incredible yearbook quote. Uh, (laughs) Wow. Mary McNally. Incredible. But wait, Megan... Your um, mishearing of it was also so good that you wrote about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think this is probably why I don't I don't necessarily associate them as closely as 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 you did right there. Yeah. But I always heard it as um, if you know me so well, then tell me which gender 
he was. But and sometimes he I could hear as I I was what gender I was or what gender you was. Oh, so <laughs> um, profound. Yeah. Amazing. It was profound. Yeah. It was profound. Um, just, yeah, because there is a lot of gender stuff on the album. And uh, I don't know. I was going through gender anxiety. So, well, yeah. <laughs> I felt supported. Yes. <laughs> That's one of the love things it. I love. I love when a mishearing like reveals something about ourselves to like, the, <laughs> yeah. like, it's it, obviously we know this is true in life that like, that we hear what we need to hear or what we want to hear. But it like, it's weird when that comes up, like in the context of a song or something, you know? Uh, totally. So good. Um, yeah. Okay. Should we move on to our, to our number two picks? Okay. So my number two is pretty good year. Greggy writes letters and burns his CDs. They say you are something in those formative years. Well, hold on to nothing as fast as you can. Still pretty good, yeah. Pretty good. I'm so obsessed with this song. It's amazing. <laughs> and and honestly, like, I think I listened to it. The first time I listened to it, I sort of dismissed it because of the um, the shift in the middle where it gets, like, really loud and hey, becomes hey, a different hey, song. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Thank you. So, I, like, that part is so discordant. And, and my mind just, like, wants to like a beautiful song so much <laughs> that I, like... I like couldn't even hear it kind of. And then I just kept going back to it. Like, um, like a, like a sore tooth in your mouth. Like, (laughs) um, I just like could not stop thinking about that song. And I think, and and mostly for me, it's like about the phrase pretty good year. Like, um, the sadness of that, of like, uh, what, I don't know what the word for that is, but when you, when you under, uh, uh, when you like diminish what some like you make it like less intense than it is in language. I, why can't I think of the word undermining? Or- it's a kind of undermining. Yeah. It's like, what's the one uh, exaggeration versus like, uh, uh, anyway. Um, yeah. Like pretty good year just is such a, um, for a year that's been like difficult in some way. It's like such a, it it just feels so huge to me. Yeah, it's small and huge. Like it's yeah. it's quiet and huge. Um, yeah, I love this song. I did write most <laughs> understated yet epic song, so I feel like yeah, big yeah, yeah, yet small yet huge seems yeah so it seems like a similar take. <laughs> what is a birthday pen? It's a great question. Thanks, Greg. He <laughs> writes letters with his birthday pen. Is Sometimes. that like a pen you get for your birthday? <sighs> yeah, I always thought it was like a special pen you get for your birthday. I just like I like Greg a lot in the song. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with Greg. It's what weird. is what is? Uh, sorry, I'm asking too many questions. You guys. <laughs> I like it. Wait, I have. Let me just one more question about this song. What 
were we burning CDs in 1994 or is he burning CDs like for his band? Like what, what, like what is burning? Is he lighting his CDs on fire? Like what is happening? That, that is a question that has come up. Yes. In the, in the Tory fan world, like would it, could it have been possible for him to, for Greg to be burning CDs in 1994? Cause what was the CD burning technology? Like, I don't think, or like would Tori have been able to burn CDs right. at that point? Maybe. Right. Nascent um, technology at nascent best. Nascent technology yeah. at Greg's fingers. But Tori might have had access. Yeah, like I right. feel like it's I love like thinking about the burning CDs line because like when I heard this song in like whatever, like seventh grade, it's like I one hundred percent assumed he was simply setting his CDs on fire. But then like <laughs> I slowly started thinking like as I learned about burning CDs, like, oh, maybe he's burning CDs, but I also like that the technology has gone from like un um like inconceivable to like outdated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, we like waited too long. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the song is so good. Like, yeah, like still pretty good year is such like a strange, like off kilter yeah. conclusion for the song to come to. Like, it's yeah. like, it's, it's like saying all this stuff that is like really sad, but then it like still comes to this conclusion that it's like not that bad, which is like always u- usually true, you know, like, I don't know. It's true and it's not true. I, it, it was making me think about just the thing we all do and like someone you're not doing well and someone asks you how you're doing and you're like, I'm fine. Or, you know, like, um, <laughs> not bad. yeah, yeah. The, or, um, so you could imagine like on, on the scale of a year that just feels like that feels even more just brutally intense to me. Like to imagine going through the, a difficult year um, and then, like someone's like, Hey, how was your year? And you're like, yeah, pretty good year. (laughs) (laughs) Megan, what, what are your feelings about this song? Oh, I love this song. Yeah. Um, it is, it's like, it's just such like a soothing song Mm. in some ways. Um, it's beautiful. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I, yeah, I love the, the loud moment, the loud verse. Yeah. What, Wait, where is it? It's like, uh, hey, oh, what's right. it going to do? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, it's like it's ranting about America. It's yeah. like oh, you're right. going to see America. And then, like, yeah, it gets very, like, um, it rages about America. Oh, yes. Realize. It totally rages about America. So easy to miss. That's exactly what it does. Let me yeah, tell, let you, me tell something you something about, about a minute, 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 America. well done but yeah there there are a lot of lines here that i'm not sure i feel like i'm on the edge of understanding them um the birthday pen line and also sometimes he's aware that they're drawing him in like who's the they what is drawing me Mm -hmm. yeah lots of mysteries if um if i had come across this song in high school i would have been really into the like Eternal Footman is a like is a quote from Proof the Love Song of Jail for Proof. Oh, 
weird. That would have yeah, been very seriously. into that in high school. That would have mm-hmm. like sent me right over the edge. Says the <laughs> eternal footman bought himself a bike to raise. Is that what she says? Bike yeah. to, to race. To race. Yeah. That makes more sense. <laughs> oh, bike to raise. <laughs> yeah, to raise from like the a dead. Young child. Ooh, yeah. Like oh, it's like oh. an animal or something. <laughs> Um, well, I like, I feel like I've read something online this week about this song where she was saying it was like, like, it was like, she said something about like men that she met or that like wrote her letters complaining about their lives and like kind of feeling like she wanted to like, I don't know if she's trying to help him or like, I'm not sure. It's weird because I always think of this song as like having a lot of people in it. And then today I realized it like basically only has Greg and then Lucy, but all she is is pretty. Like she doesn't even do anything. Hmm. Yeah. She might only exist in relation to Greg in this song. Kind of seems like it. So it's just a song about Greg, huh? (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. Always sort of thought of it as like this song that had like all these people doing things, which is so weird because it's not really like that. Hmm. Um, yeah, like what do you think is the most peopled Tori Amos album or song? Ooh, oh, great question. I was trying. I was thinking uh, about that this week. Me, uh, Boys for Pele. Like almost all the songs have like lots of references but maybe Tallulah or mm. Marianne hmm. um I don't know maybe we should count that we should we but need a spreadsheet <laughs> we really do of people in Tory songs well in so Marianne is about a, an actual person who, who killed herself um and uh there's ed there's marianne there's timmy the purple monkey there's bobby's house yeah so lots of people in that one i'm taking your question very seriously yes yeah. uh, as you I'm, should I'm down the <laughs> <laughs> um okay well this seems like a good segue to talk about your number two pick megan yeah i agree oh oh yes moving into back into boys for pele with In the Springtime of His Mood. Got an angry snatch, cause you know what I mean. I swear a little hip doesn't do the trick. Me, a pure sign attack will leave Mr. Zulu. I walk, speed, I walk, speed, I This is the a, song. This yeah. is the song with the Eagles lyric. <laughs> yes, it's so clever. It, it is. starts off with it an is. Eagles lyric, and then it makes a move. It's a, mm-hmm. It starts standing on a corner in Winslow, Arizona, lifted from the Eagles. Take it easy. Second line, and I'm quite sure I'm in the wrong song. 
So good. And then pivot, and then it totally shifts. What does it do next? Um, I forget. Two girls, 65, got a piece tied up in the back seat. Honey, we're recovering. Christiane. <laughs> oh my god, yes. Christiane. So good. This this all this song always makes me think of Thelma and Louise. Ooh. Um, I don't know if that's like part of it, but totally. just that two girls in the car got a piece tied up. I guess piece is a gun or or is it a man? Oh. It's a great a, question. A tasty morsel <laughs> tied up. <laughs> oh man, I love thinking about Thelma and Louise along with this song. That's so good. Got an angry snatch, girls. You know what I mean. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and we haven't. Yeah, we haven't talked about um, the opening to the song, which is just like really, like, yeah. Her voice is so shrill. Yes. It, you know, it sounds really kind of um, harsh and abrasive. Mm-hmm. Maybe those aren't the right, quite the right words, but definitely not pretty. You know, mm-hmm. and this is a feature that's like something that happens again and again on voice for Pele. We see Tori like really stretching her vocals and reaching into these like um, kind of harsher ranges that just don't sound as like pretty. Um, And this song keeps like going back and forth between like more discordant, like um, harsher sounds and then prettier, prettier sounds. Totally. Um, So, he was gonna show me spring is so um I just love that couplet in the springtime of his voodoo. He was going to show me spring. It's so mm-hmm. good. That's just such good poetry. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's true. I think it would do well in a poetry workshop. Yeah. <laughs> do you think that people would call out its redundancy? Yeah, probably, yeah. And they'd be wrong, though. They would. Yeah. <laughs> they'd be very wrong, and I would like find myself arguing with them. They would, like, circle springtime and write repetitive question mark. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, is okay, Megan, is Boys for Paley your favorite Tory album? It is, yes. Can I kind of figured it would be so my okay I'll tell I'll say quickly that my feelings about Tori's albums are like um I was thinking about it's like Little Earthquakes is like the one that makes me like weep then uh what's it called Under the Pink is like my favorite Tori album and then Boys for Paley is like her best album <laughs> oh yeah uh-huh. Uh-huh. So like what is it like like tell talk to us about like what it is that you love about this album, like what it's doing. Like I feel like it has such like an epic reputation. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's one of the most uh experimental, most innovative albums I think of all time. Like every song is like wildly different from every other song. She's working with so many different uh stylistic modes and she's um i i also just i really love the sound of the harpsichord mm-hmm. and this is the Ugh. first album where she really um explores the harpsichord and um she does a lot many songs like go back and forth between piano and harpsichord and i love that the tension that that creates um mm-hmm. and just the combination of those different sounds like the the kind of like like the big 
um, space that piano with a lot of um, sustain creates versus these like sharper, pricklier harpsichord sounds and just like the way that that mm. gets combined. And in the springtime of his videos it, and Caudalite Sneeze actually both do that, um, which is maybe why I like them both so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then... So yeah, and I was really, I think, I was very intimidated by this album the first several times I heard it. And especially kind of the the ugliness of, of some of the songs, some of the vocal techniques too. I was like, whoa, Tori, what are you doing? It does not sound good, <laughs> you know? Um, but uh, yeah, no, I just have come to love it so much. And she just takes so many risks. It's This is the first album where she had complete creative control over it, over her music. Huh. And uh, she just like, goes places she's never been before goes places nobody's ever been before (laughs) and it's so exciting to 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 hear and and, uh be part of oh so good be part of yeah i like that yeah when you're (laughs) listening to an album you're like in it Mm -hmm. it's so true um what is like what is it about like in the springtime of his voodoo that like made it your number two pick I just love the rhythm. It's so, um, uh, it's just so, it's got such a groove. Yeah. It's like such a fun song. It's really playful. It's really, um, it's really like kind of snarly at times. Um, it just goes into so many different mm. modes. Like the, uh, there's that, uh, the opening, which is, uh, you know, a, a really harsh opening to a song, but then um, it gets very sweet at times with the chorus. It's like such it, the sound is so sweet, and her yeah. voice sounds really sweet. Um, but then it, yeah, and the the lyrics are so fun too. When you're the sweetest cherry in an apple pie, <laughs> uh, so good. Yeah, yeah. Really and it's really like deep south. It feels really deep south to me. Oh, that's such um, a great point. In a way that I appreciate. Like it's like really funky. It's got this blues. It's like oh, this yeah. like wrangling. I know I'm not finding the right language, but <laughs> but yeah, um, no, I totally hear you. And like the like it's like the image on the cover feels like very like rural. Like she's like got the mud and the pig and everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is she from oh, I'm the looking south? At it now, yeah, she's from North Carolina. Is that right? Uh, she's from Maryland. Oh, Maryland. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Certainly, uh, I think yeah, she can certainly be critiqued for her kind of um, I don't know what to call it, like fetishization of the deep <laughs> south on this mm-hmm. album. Maybe oh, yeah. there's a good um, chapter in. Uh, the 33 and a third book on voice for Pele by Amy Gentry, which gets into uh, kind of some of uh, gets into like critiquing Tori for some of like what could be considered cultural appropriation. Oh, you know? interesting. Um, cool. I want to read that. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, cultural appropriation aside, I think that, uh, Tori, uh, boys for Paley Tori would be a really great Halloween costume. 
Ooh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, yourself a piglet. <laughs> yeah, you need a piglet. It needs to be like attached to your breast, ideally. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> um, that yeah. is some idea. <laughs> uh, anyway, so good. Any other um, sp- springtime of his voodoo thoughts, you guys? Well, I'm curious what you two think of this song. Oh, I love this song. Um, yeah, I was like, I got sucked in um, by the way it sounded. Like, it was another one of these moments where, uh, like, there was something that put me off originally. And in this case, it's like the way the song sounds at the beginning. I was like, where is the song kind of? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but I, uh, yeah, that stuff is, gr- the more I listen to these albums, like, that, th- those things are are growing on me for sure. Yeah, this song's awesome. No, it's really great. I mean, I feel like, I don't know. I liked getting to like listen to it more this week because like it is really good. And I feel like I never really like weirdly didn't pay that much attention to it. Like as a Mm. teenager, like, I don't know, like if it was like the timing, like I feel like by the time Boys for Paley came out, I was kind of like out of like deep Tory mode but also like it's like what you were saying like I felt like intimidated by it like as an album I was kind of like I felt like it was almost like too cerebral for me like I was like oh like I don't know if I get it like maybe I'm missing something like I didn't know how to pronounce the title of the album like I just like Uh I didn't know what it meant you know like it's like little earthquakes it's like under the pink like I feel like those are like more like, yeah, I guess it's just like the um, the proper nouns. Like, it felt like there were a lot of proper huh. nouns on this album. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. but no, the song's great. Like, I, I, like, I definitely remember loving, like, the, the weird, like, Eagles reference and then, like, turn that happens at the beginning. Like, it's, like, such a cool joke, Tori. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong song is awesome. It's such a, yeah, it's, like, I love that. It's so playful. It's great. It's so good. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, all the, like, stuff you were talking about, like, the the Swedish cherry like it's so good it's it's a beautiful song do we do uh do we do we keep going yeah um okay so I think you should introduce this your number two which is my number one. Oh, right it's your number because I introduced my number three which was your number one okay all right so it is my number two pick Seth's number one pick Silent all these years. Excuse me, but can I be you for a while? My dog won't bite if you sit real still. I got the Antichrist in the kitchen yelling at me again. Yeah, I can hear. Been saved again by the garbage truck. I got something to say, you know, but nothing comes. Yes, I know what you think of me. You never shut up. Yeah, I can hear that, but what if I'm a mermaid in these jeans of his with her name still on it? Hey, but I don't care, cause sometimes I said, sometimes I hear my voice and it's been Um, I feel like it is like the most Tory Tory song 
Ooh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if there was mm-hmm. like a Tory biopic, it would be the soundtrack or something. Like maybe that's wrong, but like <laughs> the trailer, like the, theme. the trailer. Yeah. Maybe it would be the trailer. I don't think it would be called silent all these years. Like the Tory biopic. Little earthquakes. Oh, uh, maybe. I don't know. I think there would be a better title that we haven't come up with yet cool. for the Tory biopic. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I don't know. It's like, it's, um, this song is just so good. Like, it's like, I love it so much. I, I just, I feel like it, like, just like thinking about it makes me want to like weep or something. Like, it's just yes. like such a good song. Like, um, mm-hmm. it's, uh, but it's also like, it's like this emblem of all the things that are most embarrassing about Tori in a way. Like, yes. that's exactly it. <laughs> I'm glad you agree. Like, it's like, like I feel like my it's funny like, lipstick. Yeah. Yes. Like all that stuff. And like, even like if you were like, I feel like if you were going to like make a parody of a story song, wouldn't it, wouldn't you be like, sometimes I hear my Ugh. voice and it's been here <laughs> all these, silent all these years. Like, it's like, so like heavy handed yet. It's like so good. Wait, this is like the key though to all, this. That's why it's so good because like, what we all are required to, what we all should be doing is approaching with like great boldness, the, the things we are most like humiliated by about ourselves or something like um, it, 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 like it, I think that when, like I, I, like I said earlier, I didn't hear the song until I was in college, but like, I just remember being totally overwhelmed by it. Like immediately, mm. like immediately it feels like someone is just like, pouring out like some really deep stuff um really deep thoughts yeah some really deep thoughts yeah (laughs) and then but it also has these like you used the word anthemic earlier marissa like about some lines of tori's like 25 bucks in a cracker is so like anthemic to me it's like (laughs) some of the lines in the song just have stuck with me for years like Mm. years all these years yeah (laughs) What do you think, Megan? Oh, yeah. I'm I'm just, like, nodding along to everything <laughs> you both are saying. Yeah. And th- this song is just so... Mm, I feel like it's so permissive in a way. Mm. Um, and just... Uh, yeah, when we get to the chorus, what... I guess a question I have is, like, why isn't it cheesy? Is it, like, just the delivery? It's just, like... It's just, it's just earned um, when it's like, sometimes I hear my voice. Right. Uh, you have to, been, you have to believe yeah. it. Right? Yeah. Like it, it, the thing, um, when something like this comes across your, 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 like yourself, you either um, think that the person has something at stake or you don't kind of like mm-hmm. you either are in or you're out in a way. <laughs> and, I feel like, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I was just gonna say, and and silent all these years just is the phrase just wins. I I can't help but take it seriously. Well, that's mm-hmm. good to hear mm-hmm. from like a person listening to. Well, I guess you heard it in college, but like, yeah, like I feel like it's hard for me to know if it's cheesy. Like, I just think, huh. I I just think it's like I can't divorce my adult self from like my you know, like ninth grade self that was just like so Mm -hmm. impacted by this idea. And like, but yeah, I don't know. I guess it's like, yeah, like what you said, uh, Megan, about it being like permissive. Like it's like, 
Mm. It just always felt like this song, like it was used to like promote awareness of like rain. Like it like felt like this song mm. that was like this powerful incantation, like against silence, like around like trauma and abuse. Mm-hmm. And like, so it, it's like, it feels like that's there maybe, but then mm-hmm. it's like, it doesn't even have to be about that. Just like the idea of, yeah, like permission to like speak whatever it is that you've been like hiding in your brain amongst like orange clouds raining in your Mm -hmm, head or whatever. mm -hmm. Like it's like, (laughs) but yeah, then all like the weird little images, like maybe they help make it not sentimental. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think also there's something about the, the, the beat of the song or the riff, the piano riff. Mm, It's like really I think it like starts in the middle of a measure or something. Oh, or, that's a great and it, point. You kind of have to hear it go through a few times to like understand like the organization of, of that riff and yeah. how it like relates to the lyrics. Um, and uh, yeah. And yeah, there's something very strange about just the composition of it. It's just that one like weird, like do, 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 And it just like goes over and over and over again. um so true yeah yeah and like um well i was just gonna say like it's like well first of all the lot like starting a song with like excuse me but can i be you for a while is so good like Mm -hmm. that's pretty amazing Mm -hmm. and then like i feel like when she's like yeah like so you found a girl who thinks really deep thoughts what's so amazing about really deep thoughts boy you best pray that i bleed real soon like that's like an excellent like diss yeah. or something like it's like there's something really yeah. cool and like mic droppy happening in that like oh yeah and like to be like the like to set yourself against the girl who has really deep thoughts like you're just like the girl who like you know, you're like this other girl or whatever, this other speaker. Like, it's like, who isn't like this really deep person? You just like, I don't know. It's so cool. Or, or like has been silent. Like the the, the song, there's all these parts about like um, hearing your voice or uh, that line where she's like, I got something to say, you know, but nothing comes. And it's like, I'm a, there's this, the speaker of the song has deep thoughts too, but can't like express them or, um, like isn't being seen for whatever mm-hmm. reason in that situation. And, and what really moves me about everything, about like where it ends up going is the generosity at the end of like, um, of take hold of my hand. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. It's just like, this song just feels so gigantic to me. And it did like immediately the first time I ever heard it. Megan, I want to hear more from you on this song, if you have any other thoughts. Oh, well, I've just been thinking more about the the piano riff and and just trying to think of language to describe it. Because there's something like dizzying about it or something. Mm. Um, I don't know. How would you describe it? I love dizzying. Yeah. <sighs> or, it's, or it's dizzy. Um, <laughs> or the it's song like- itself is dizzy. <laughs> Right. It's like going it's like Go. going around. Uh, oh, I've read something online that is like a perfect way to describe it. It said something about a bumblebee. Oh, Whoa. totally. Yeah. It's like yeah. But I can't find it like, now. But I was like, like oh, around. that's like so good. Like it does sound like, like the a irregular bumblebee. flight pattern of a bumblebee. This bumblebee yeah. piano tinkle. 
I think that's what yeah. Tori <laughs> called it. Oh, that's so good. It's so good. Wow. Yeah. It's ghostly to me. It feels like mm. um, it is kind of ghostly. Yeah. I I don't know. Like I remember having really weird thoughts about this song, like that it's like being sung to me from the dead or like that um I could see it just that. feels it just there's like so um maybe the other reason it doesn't strike me as cheesy is that it feels like there's real wisdom in it for some like I don't yeah. and I don't know how how she manages to make me believe that the wisdom is real but it just it just feels wise in some way I didn't realize that she was inspired by the little mermaid in writing this Whoa. song which is cool oh. me neither like, well her ex was named Eric Ooh. So I don't know if that's part of it fascinating <laughs> oh, well cause man. like Prince yeah Eric. it's like there's Prince a Eric mermaid like cause the little mermaid is silenced right like oh, she yeah. loses her voice and she says yeah. like what if I was a mermaid in these jeans of her, what is it in these jeans of yours with her name still on it yeah oh, these so jeans of his with her name still on it and then Maybe. yours with her yeah it's yeah, both, it's both. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. that's pretty good so good um, any, any, a mermaid um, in jeans is just like uh one leg like what what do you picture when you hear that i picture the jeans splitting Ooh, yeah. I imagine I it's know. like the Little Mermaid because she like wants to be human, so she like gets legs, right? Oh, 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 oh. I mean, I'm only imagining that now that I know it's about the Little Mermaid. Before, no, I no, didn't that's good. Think of it, but like a transformed mermaid. Yeah, I guess so. Oh yeah, cool. <laughs> any last I- any last thoughts before we move on to your um? Your number one pick, Megan? Yeah. Wait, can I just shout out your mother shows up in a nasty dress? Yeah, that's so good. Like, that's so the good. kind of specificity. That 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 to me is like the best example I can think of of mm-hmm. like a moment where I don't, I really don't know what, sh- what Tori is referring to, but I am so with the like, with the specificity of the reference or something or like the image or it, so I'm just good. like right there, even though I'm not there. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Megan, should we do your number one pick? Sure. Yeah. So my number one pick is The Waitress. was a song on Under the Pink, but uh, my number one pick is The Waitress, the live version from the Plugged Tour from 1998, um, which is a lot different from the album version. 
Oh, yes. And so there's a version good. of it on Savinus and Back. That's probably the best representative version of it. Yeah. So, yeah, and I chose this because I wanted to get a live song on here because mm. Tori's live arrangements tend, they've like, you know, her songs just like morph and mutate and um, depending on the tour, uh. um, many of them do. And so this one was really transformed uh, from like a, you know, a, like a standard three to four minute album length song to a song that can be anywhere from like nine to 15 minutes uh, in the live <laughs> version. And it just like goes many different places. Uh, so amazing. But yeah, the album song, the album version, I remember hearing it as a teen and just being like, what kind of song is this? Like <laughs> about, you know, a woman who's mad at the waitress. Like, c- can that even be a song? Right. Um, <laughs> it was like <laughs> such a weird song to me. Um, and it took me a really long time to appreciate it, to be honest. Cause I was like, this is, this is a, a little bit. Yeah. I, I um, maybe thought it was a bad song at first, but it's not a bad song at all. It's an amazing no. song. So um, did mm-hmm. you like, Okay, so like waitress, like the waitress on Under the Pink, like do you also love that song or is it just like this version that you love? I also love the album version. Yes, nice. I do love the album version. I love it too. Mm-hmm. What do you love about it? I mean, well, I feel like she's also a waitress, right? Like the speaker is also a waitress, which yes, I think, yeah, if I just, if it was just like a woman who wanted to kill a waitress... I don't know. Something about like all the boys think she's living kindness. Yeah. I don't know. It's just something very like real and gritty about like the workplace drama happening in the song. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's like you work with someone and they like, everyone thinks they're great, but like, you know them in this other way. I don't know. I don't know Mm -hmm. if that's what appealed Mm -hmm. to me as a kid, but yeah, it's just, it's just like a cool song. Maybe the chorus like is so weird and unexpected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, that like loud. It's like starts off very um, kind of soft, but like menacing, soft, mm. at, quiet, yes. at, and then it gets like super loud, raging. Oh, um, so good. And this very similar to the America moment in Pretty Good Year. It's a yeah. great point. Um, and yeah, that paradox. Is it a paradox, but like the surprise of I believe in peace, bitch, that kind of like slap at the end. Yeah, it's like when Tori gets like sassy, it's like doesn't happen that often, but when it does, it's just great. (laughs) I believe in peace, bitch, feels very like 2021 to me. (laughs) What do you mean? uh, It just feels like uh, something I would hear someone say now. Like, um, like uh, being challenged to a fight or something like on the internet oh. and being like, no, I believe in peace, bitch. I or see. like, uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. I, I don't know this song. I like, I, I hadn't even paid attention to this song when I was going through the albums. And then Megan, you sent the, that live version and I was listening to it in the car and I was it, like in the car, it felt very immersive. I was like way in it. Yeah. Um, and, I I just I, I uh yeah what is what is the thing it's like um it, the song has like this really small idea about like being annoyed at a coworker but somehow makes that idea like so big like 
And that there's that line at the end about like there are too many stars and not enough sky. <sighs> and it like I just love how unexplained that is. That that like I just the, we just have to you have to deal with that. Like Yeah, what does know. that mean? There are too many stars and not enough sky. I have a theory, but I don't think it's right. It's just like what it makes me think of is like everyone thinks they're special and nobody's special. Like um mm. I don't know. Or like everyone is special and there's not enough room for all the specialness or mm-hmm. Yeah. It could be a parable about uh being a female musician at this time when uh you know, when mm-hmm. women you know, on the radio, women couldn't be played next to each other because there were so few women musicians. Or so you know, mm-hmm. so few women musicians who were getting to that level. Oh, that's something to think oh. about, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. And it's like, that's a great, that's a great point. And like, yeah, it's like even like the wait, yeah, like the waitress, the world of being a waitress. It's like there's only room for like one beloved waitress or something. Like it's kind of like that same vibe, I guess. Yeah. But in the live version from this era, from the plugged era, late 90s, um, there is like a reparative turn where the speaker starts to relate to the waitress, mm. uh, wants to go where the waitress goes. I'm going to go where she goes. And then she starts to understand that the waitress is herself. I, I know <sighs> that she is me. Yeah. So it goes to like the, in that song, in that version, it like, I just love it because uh, it's, it ex it spreads out the first it spreads out like the album version. And then it's like the floor just drops out of the song and we get this like descent into this like subspace of the song and all of this stuff is getting worked out, you know, these like competitive toxic feelings they're getting um, like reconfigured and like synthesized into something else. Um, That's really, uh, I don't know. It's like healing in some way. (laughs) Because the song is a violent song. Ah, um, uh, yes. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, no, that's such a great point. It's like the long, like the version, the live version is like responding to its, to itself or something. It is violent. Um, yeah. She wants, she wants to kill her. <laughs> I believe that she's the devil bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so but then i also believe in her goodness and her darkness like they go together it's very jungian like a very (laughs) like jungian principles of darkness and light yeah no it's it's yeah no it's amazing i have like never spent much time with this like live version like it's so weird i think i was like so this like week i was so intimidated by the idea of like picking my favorite Tory songs that I was like, I could, I, I couldn't even like bring myself to listen to the albums that I wasn't already like intimately familiar with. So I didn't even listen to, um, what is it called to Venus and back? Like mm-hmm. I literally didn't even listen to it. And then I, and then you like sent this song as your pick. And I was like, Oh, like I probably should have listened to this album, <laughs> like, <laughs> but it's so good. And yeah, like, and it, were, so were you like there when she performed, have you heard her perform this? I have heard her perform it. I, I think on the plug tour, she performed it at every single show. It was like oh, so a cool. staple of that time. 
Amazing. And I don't think she had performed it much prior to, I could be wrong about that, but I think that on the Boys for Pele tour, she did not uh, bring it out much. And then it came out in this like new, completely new revamped version with the band. Uh, yeah, it's very exciting. Uh, it's amazing. Um, thank you for bringing it to our attention. <laughs> <laughs> Big thing. Uh, and enlarge like this epic take on this like little weird song that I've yeah that I knew. But um yeah. Uh, any other last thoughts um on on that song or anything else, you guys? I don't think so. Um, amazing. Well, thank you so much, Megan, for for joining us to talk about Tori. This was so fun. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I had a great time. Yay. Um, everyone should um, buy uh, Tori Amos bootleg web ring and follow Megan um, on social media at, um, how would you say your social media handle out loud? I know it's your name backwards, <laughs> Megan Milks yeah. backwards. Uh, I pronounce it Sklim Naga. Okay. Nice. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can also follow us on Instagram at All Our Pretty Songs Pod and on Twitter at Pretty Songs Pod. And if you like our podcast, you can rate, review, and subscribe. And um, this is so fun. See you all next time. Wait, hold on. Our theme song. Oh my god! Of course, is Golden West Service featuring, featuring Shreddy Vedder. Epic, yeah. epic song. <laughs> Yeah, but Megan, thanks for being here. <laughs> really great. Thank you. Great. Thanks. See y'all next time. Bye. Bye.